0: to our very first online worship service, and I never thought I would introduce a worship service at New Denver Church that way. I never thought we'd ever do something like this, but here we are in this unique situation, and it's so good to see so many faces, Um, most of you in Denver, but there's faces from all across the country, which is kind of cool. Uh, hey, my name is Norton. Um, I'm one of the pastors at New Denver. Most of you know me, but um, there might be a handful of people who are just invited to join us this morning. Um, and if you're new or kind of connecting to our church uh, in a new way, um, our mission is super simple. It's to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And uh, I am here in my office, which is next to my garage out in the back of my yard, and my family is actually in our house 50 feet away watching and participating uh, just like you are, and this is a really unique season for us. So let me tell you what we're going to try to do um, this morning with this online worship service, and we've never done anything like this before, obviously, so it's one big experiment for all of us. Um, Our time together is going to last about an hour or so. We'll do some things that are really similar to what we would do in person on Sundays. Uh, We'll throw it over to Brian Davis in Lakewood, Colorado, uh, in just a moment, and he's gonna lead us in a few songs. Um, We'll also say some prayers together. There's a few people from our community that are gonna read uh, some scripture. Dan Snyder's gonna lead us in some prayer, and then I'll offer um, a teaching, just like a normal sermon. Uh, But of course, it's really different today uh, because we're not physically together. Um, It's different because when we sing with Brian uh, you're not going to hear everyone else singing and so you're going to be tempted not to sing at all but I should remind you this is your one chance to sing as loud as you want and no one else in the church will actually hear you. So I hope you'll join in and sing with Brian as he leads us. Um, It's different because we can't shake each other's hands Um, You can't shout amen all throughout my sermon like you always do, right? Uh, It's different because we can't hang around and talk afterwards, and there won't be countless mini conversations happening all over the sanctuary like usual. Um, And of course, it's, it's different because we're dependent on technology, and there might be glitches. We don't know. We've never done anything like this. It's possible that my screen will freeze up at some point, or your screen will freeze, or... Or something will happen that we have no control over um, and you know what that's okay that's probably a good reminder to all of us um, and we'll make the best of the situation and we'll trust and hope and expect uh, that God is here with us and he's present with us and that he can use this time together um, online uh, for his purposes so Let me give you a few instructions and tips just real quick and then we'll jump in. Um, First, just so you know, we've muted everybody. So on a normal conference call, people can talk and it can go back and forth and that would be chaotic. So we've just muted everyone except those who will be talking or sharing to try to keep the background noise down. Um, There's also a main screen, hopefully, that you see on your screen where you see a new Denver logo with some aspen trees there. Um, We're going to keep that up the whole time because that's where we'll put lyrics and uh, some verses and some notes and some other things. Um, But you should be able to see me when I'm talking or whoever's talking. Um, And just so you know, there's different ways to lay things out on Zoom. there's There's little buttons you might have already figured out where you can do uh, an active speaker view, you can do a gallery view where you see everybody sort of at once. Um, so there's different ways of laying it out and you can play, play around with that if you want. Um, but if you can see me okay right now and you can see the main New Denver logo, those are the main things you need to see and it might be good to just not mess with it anymore uh, today. Um, I'd also encourage you to maybe close any other windows, uh, any browsers or email or all that kind of stuff so you're not tempted uh, to look at something else while this is going on. Um, I think that's it for now. If you have any problems, uh, I don't know that we'll be able to troubleshoot them right now, but if there's any technical problems, uh, let us know after the service. We'd be happy to, to set up a phone call with you. Um, and try to help you walk through all of it to make sure uh, it works well on your phone or on your computer. Um, So with all that said, uh, second, I'm going to throw it over to Brian. Um, But first, I want to remind us, this is the fourth Sunday in the season of Lent. Uh, And Lent is a season where we re-examine our lives and we journey together with Jesus. And so, we're going to begin our time by saying a prayer together now. And even though you're only going to hear my voice, I'll put it on the screen. And I want to invite you to actually say it out loud wherever you are uh, with me. And this prayer is called a collect, it's spelled just like the word collect. Um, And the word means it's a prayer that collects or gathers people together at the beginning of a time of worship. And there are some specific collects or prayers that have Been used by Christians for hundreds of years, particularly through the season of Lent. And the collect or the prayer for today, for the fourth Sunday of the season of Lent, is particularly applicable um, to this time that we find ourselves in. Um, So I'm going to put that on the screen now and I'll say it slowly. And if you would join me in saying these words um, together before we sing, that would be great. one God, now and forever, Amen.
1: All right, let's sing this out together.
2: Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Good i rise to Thee. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three Persons, blessed Trinity. Let our praise, let our praise arise with moaning. As the sun comes up to meet the day, let Your glory shine on our hearts and on our lives, singing, "You are holy, Lord, holy, 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 all the saints and holy. Down the golden crowns around the glassy sea, cherubim and seraphim bowing down before thee, which word and onward end never more shall be. Let our praise arise with morning as the sun comes up to meet the day. Let your glory shine on our hearts and on our lives, singing you are holy, Lord. Glory. Glory be to the Father, glory be to the Son. Glory be to the Holy Spirit, blessed be in one.
1: yeah clap in your own home (laughs) just like you normally do yeah hey so this is weird but fun um and uh we're gonna do another song uh again just feel free to uh to sing out and as we do just remember that um even though it's all virtual like we're still connected and we're still doing this together somehow in some way and so um Let's just trust that the Holy Spirit is is doing what the Holy Spirit does and uniting our hearts and and bringing us together as we lift our voices. So
2: I see your face in every sunrise the colors of morning are inside your eyes. The world awakens in the light of the day. I look up to the sky and say, you're beautiful. I see your power in the moonly night, where planets are in motion and galaxies are bright. We are amazed in the light of the stars, it's all proclaiming who you are, you're beautiful. you there. I see you there hanging on a tree. You bled and then you died and then you rose again for me. Now you are sitting on your heavenly throne and soon we will be coming home. You're beautiful. When we arrive at eternity shore, where death is just a memory and tears are no more, we'll enter in as the wedding bells ring. Your bride will come together and we'll sing, your are beautiful. I see Your face. I see Your face. You're beautiful. You're beautiful, Lord. You're beautiful. I see Your face. You're beautiful. You're beautiful, Lord. You're beautiful. I see Your face. I see Your face. You're beautiful, you're beautiful, you're beautiful. One more time. I see your face, you're beautiful, you're beautiful,
1: oh, you're beautiful. So God, we focus on your beauty and the amazing things that you have done in our lives and the amazing things that you're going to do. We focus right now on this present moment, on the things that you are doing, um, the way that you are uh, virtually gathering this community together. Um, I just pray that our hearts would be connected, that uh, as we learn together and as we pray together, as we um, are together today, that you would um, just continue to comfort us and strengthen us. and remind us that we are loved in your name. Amen.
0: Amen. <clears throat> Thanks for leading us, Brian. Um, hey, we want to take a few minutes um, just to lift up and pray for some specific needs uh, in our community or in our world. And um want to let you know something real quick. Uh, we set up a form on our website um, where you can actually submit specific prayer requests during this tough time. Um, I won't share those prayer requests here, but when you submit one on that form, they're passed along to our leadership and every single day, one of our elders or pastors is specifically praying for any requests, um, that we receive and and we just continue to pray for those. So uh, I hope you'll use that form. Um, so we can pray for you. It's at new Denver.org slash coronavirus. There's lots of stuff there, but you can find the link uh, to that. And, um, uh, Before I do, I'm going to pass it over to Dan Snyder in a second, but I was just skimming through the people that are joined here, and I saw Pastor Antonio and Kata from San Pedro La Laguna in Guatemala, which is awesome. (laughs) Um, It's so cool to have you guys. We're glad you're uh, joining us uh, today. Um, So we have people from all over the world, which is awesome. Um, So let me do this. Let me pass it over to Dan Snyder now, and he's just going to take a few minutes to lead us uh, together in prayer. All right, let's pray.
3: Um, Heavenly Father, uh, as Brian mentioned, we're so grateful to be able to come together um, from all over the country and the world to worship you. Um, So thank you for this technology. And thank you that um, in the midst of chaos and um, the brokenness of our world, that we can come together and worship and, and sing and pray in our own um, homes or wherever we're at and worship you our heavenly Father um god I I want to pray um, wholeheartedly and from the depths of my heart for all those that are personally being affected by this coronavirus um, whether it's businesses that are closed or uh, limited hours or folks that are being laid off or the first responders and medical health care workers, the folks that are on the front lines um, fighting this disease or this virus that's going around. We pray for health for them. And God, I pray especially for those that are, um, have the symptoms and been diagnosed with this virus. God, may your grace and peace and mercy be with them pray especially for all the doctors and nurses out there that are, um, I'm sure, scared and no doubt tired and um, giving it their all to help us. God, give them peace, give them rest, give them energy as they're uh, working so much right now. And God, for the um, folks in this city, that may be unemployed now or laid off. We pray for them. We pray for the Joshua station who um, we know folks are being laid off or just being difficult. They're not able to eat together in their um, dining area or cook meals together in their, in their kitchen. Got to pray for them. And may we as a community of faith, New Denver church come around them. May we um, support them financially and with food and, Um, with resources there's so many needs in the world and in the city but help us to focus our energies uh, potentially there or wherever your spirit might lead and i pray for each of us in our neighborhoods or in our apartments or wherever we're at Um, help us to be a beacon of light of hope help us to serve those that might need support during this time Um, God, I pray for um, Joanna Foote, Carla and Dave's daughter, who's working at the border, um, and just under-resourced tremendously there. pray that you um, give her grace, and I pray for um, Jason Wu's mom, Mary, as she's undergoing surgery um, the next week and all those in our community that are dealing with health concerns or health things. Pray for Beth Dwyer as well. Thanks for the miracle of life. Um, We praise you and thank you for um, Henry Watson, who was born in the last couple of days. Um, Thanks for caring for Jillian during that. And lastly, God, I pray for Pastor Antonio, um, who's also impacted by Corona. I pray for the school and the church and uh, Pastor Antonio and Kata. And all those things on our heart this morning, God, uh, we lift those to you. We pray that you be with us as we worship you through technology. Amen.
0: Thanks, Dan. Um, well, I have a message uh, for us um, this morning, but before I share that, I want to just reflect, um, I want all of us to reflect on a passage of scripture from the Old Testament. I've asked three people from our community to read through Psalm 46 for us in just a moment. Um, Abby Noble, Charles Dwyer, and Melissa Woods will read a few verses of that Psalm. They'll be reading from the NIV. If you want to look it up and, and read along with them in your own Bible, um, it's Psalm 46. You can do that, or if you just want to listen. Uh, Psalm 46 is basically a prayer. And it's ancient prayers like these that we need to be listening to right now and reflecting on and even praying ourselves uh, during these times. So let's listen together to these words as Abby begins for us.
1: Okay. Uh, Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, and ever present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress.
0: Thanks, guys, for reading. There are a few powerful phrases in that psalm. It begins um, with these words. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Um, Those are probably words we could all memorize today and this week, right? It's like an if-then statement. If God is our refuge and strength, if he is our ever-present help in a time like this, these times of trouble, well, then we have nothing to fear. Uh, Later in the psalm, um, you heard this read, uh, nations are in uproar. Could there be any better description of our world right now? Nations are truly in uproar. But then God says, Be still and know that I am God. Many of us have heard that part of Psalm 46. It's a famous verse. And we often think about it in times of personal devotion or retreats or quiet meditation. But this psalm is about a time of trouble. It's about a time of panic, a time where life has been turned upside down, a time where the nation is in an uproar. And it's in the middle of that that God says, just be still for a moment. just stop responding, Stop acting, stop panicking, Stop stockpiling, right? Just be still and remember and know that I am God now that's uh really hard to do right now because I think we're all anxious. Um, I've had so many conversations this past week with people um, uh, we, we were talking on our staff, uh, I was talking with my d group we met. Um, on Zoom a couple of nights ago, I've talked with friends, and it seems like we are all super anxious right now. Some of us are anxious about our health. Um, some of us are anxious about friends or loved ones who might be particularly vulnerable uh, to the virus right now. Some of us are anxious about traveling or travel plans. Um, some of us are anxious about our jobs. We're we're afraid we're going to lose our jobs. And if some of us are anxious because we actually lost our job and we don't know what the future holds. Um, some of us are anxious about just being cooped up in our house or our apartment for the next several weeks and getting lonely and already starting to feel bad and wondering how long is this going to take. Some of us are anxious about the economy. Um, what is this doing to all the small businesses and people who are already struggling? Uh, and of course, some of us are anxious just about what this is doing nationally and globally. Right. How, how is this going to affect our whole world? And when will it end and and is it gonna get any better? And all the drastic measures we're trying to take right now, are they actually gonna help or is it at some point gonna get worse? And and many of these uh, concerns and worries and fears are are real and they're understandable, right? If you just lost your job or if you're coming down with a fever or if you have a, a grandparent that's particularly vulnerable, that's a real and a valid concern. But if you're like me, I don't know if you guys are feeling this, but I just feel so weighed down right now. It just feels like we're carrying this extra burden of anxiety and we're all carrying this extra weight. And I wake up in the morning and each morning this past week, I've woken up and thought, hopefully it'll be kind of be gone and I'll feel lighter in the morning. And I haven't felt lighter each morning, right? If if anything, it kind of feels heavier every day. And we've been talking actually about this idea during Lent that we can't run the race of life well. We can't move forward in our journey of faith when we're weighed down, right? When we're carrying so much weight. And so how do we let go of some of that weight? And what do we do when the weight that we're carrying is the weight of worry and anxiety? How do we take the right precautions? During this season and during this unique time, but how do we also let go of the unnecessary and burdensome worry and anxiety? Well, as you would imagine, Jesus has some thoughts on that in a very famous passage. You probably know some of these words. He says this in Matthew chapter 6 Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, about what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? So he says, don't worry about all of these things. And, and remember, at this point, he's, he's speaking to a large crowd. This is from the Sermon on the Mount, and he's on a hillside, and he's speaking to his disciples and other people who are gathered. And he basically looks at them and says, I see your lives, and I see that you tend to worry about a lot of things, and there's two big things. You tend to worry about what you eat every day and what you're going to wear every day, and you should not worry about those things. Now, it's interesting that Jesus fixed these two things because they were really important needs in that day. People didn't have refrigeration back then like we do now. They couldn't save food for long periods of time. They couldn't go to King Supers and Costco and stock up for the next month, right? So for them, it was a daily exercise, of going to the market, of finding the food that might be available, having the money to be able to purchase the food. Food was a daily worry. And then clothes. We don't worry about our clothes too much. I mean, we might think about what clothes we put on and how people are going to view us in the morning. But, but in that day and time, clothes were really important. People didn't have a lot of clothes. They might have had one or two outfits. Their clothes wore out a lot more quickly in Jesus' day than they do in our day. People couldn't afford to keep buying more clothes, but they needed good clothes because most people worked outside and they needed good clothes to protect them from the sun and from the elements. And so even something as simple as having clothes was a basic need that people thought about every day. And so Jesus looks at them and he says, hey, don't worry about these things. Now, this is really important. Jesus does not say, don't think about these things. And he doesn't say, don't work hard for these things. And he doesn't say, don't prepare for these things. Don't grow food. Don't harvest food. Don't go to the market and buy food. Don't sew clothes. Don't purchase clothes. He doesn't say any of that. He just says, don't worry about these things. Now that word worry is used um, six times in the next handful of verses that we're going to read. And, uh, and it's an important verb. It means just what we think it means. It means to be anxious, to be stressed out about something, um, to be consumed with fear about what's going to happen if I don't have enough food or I don't have enough clothes, to be to be focused on something that I think I need to be in control of, but suddenly I'm starting to feel like I'm not in control of it anymore, and that's producing anxiety. And isn't that what's happening right now with most of us? (laughs) Aren't there so many things that it seemed like we were in control of, but we're not in control of anymore? Because the reality is I might get sick, right? I might catch this virus, no matter what I do to prevent it. I can do everything I can and I still might get it. That feels out of my control. Maybe you lost your job, right? Or you're you're afraid you're about to lose your job and it had nothing to do with you. There's nothing you could do to save it. It feels like it's out of your control. I cannot buy toilet paper right now, no matter what I do. Isn't it funny? Something so small that was in my complete control a few weeks ago. I could go to any store in town, I could go online and I could easily get toilet paper, but right now I cannot buy toilet paper if I want to. That's out of my control, right? I've noticed that I'm feeling anxious because I'm not sure when all of this is gonna end, right? Is is, is all these measures we're having to take and all of this sort of worry, is this going to last for four weeks, for eight weeks, three months, four months? And I have no control over that. And that's so hard. And that's why we worry so much because suddenly something that we thought we were in control of, our plans, our future, our schedule, all of those things suddenly seems like it's not in control anymore. And Jesus looks at us, just like he looked at his disciples, and he says, hey, don't worry about that. Which, let's be honest, is the worst counseling advice you could ever give to someone who's worrying, right? Oh, you're worrying about that. Hey, why don't you not worry about that? To which we want to say, thanks, Jesus. Like, that's really easy for you to say, you're the son of God. You are secretly in control of everything. Of course, you don't have to worry about it. You are in control. To which Jesus might look back at us and say, yeah, yeah, I am. And you just hit the nail on the head. I'm in control. And if you follow me and you trust in me, then why are you so worried? Now, Jesus gives us a couple of analogies to help out. Um, He goes on and he says this. These are sort of famous analogies. You might remember these. He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? So Jesus says, look around and, and you can almost picture him on the mountainside. So we're just turning and looking at a flock of birds that have swooped in and are now feeding in the grass. And he says, look, look at these birds. Look, sure, sure, they have to fly in and they have to work to get their food, but they don't really worry about their food. They can't save up food. They, they, they're, they're completely dependent on nature to provide for them. Oh, and by the way, who created nature? Who, who sustains nature? Who rules over nature? God does. And he feeds them, and he cares for them, and he takes care of them, and he provides for them. Why? And this is huge. Because he is a heavenly father. And that's what fathers do. That's what loving mothers do. That's what good parents do. They take care of others who can't take care of themselves. And then it's really simple for Jesus. Look, if our heavenly Father takes care of the birds, won't he take care of you? If he provides for them, won't he provide for you? If he feeds them, won't he feed you? Aren't you more valuable than them? Aren't you made in his image? Aren't you his son, his daughter? And then Jesus says, and by the way, um, what good does worrying do for you, right? Right? Does it make your life any better? Does it make your life longer? Does it extend your life? Do you gain anything that comes from worrying? There's a great movie uh, that came out a few years ago. It's called Bridge of Spies. How many people have seen Bridge of Spies? Raise your hands. Okay, a handful, not a lot. It's a good movie. Um, It takes place in 1961 uh, during the Cold War and it's about an accused Soviet spy here in America, Um, and there's lots of evidence that's been found against him. And so Tom Hanks plays a lawyer in the movie, and as a lawyer, he offers to represent this accused Soviet spy, and uh, and walks with him throughout the whole ordeal. And with this guy's life hanging in the balance, through it all, he has this calm demeanor. And so I wanna show you a couple of clips from the movie real quick.
1: I don't work for the government. I am here to offer my services as your legal counsel. If you accept them as such, I work for you. If I accept you.
3: Are you good at what you do? Very good. Have you represented many accused spies?
1: No, not yet. This will be a first for the both of us.
3: (laughs) All right. All right, you
1: accept. Good, okay, let's start here. If you are firm in your resolve not to cooperate with the US government. I am. Yeah, then do not talk to anybody else about your case, inside of government or out, except to me, to the extent that you trust me. I have a mandate to serve you, nobody else does. Quite frankly, everybody else has an interest in sending you to the electric chair. All right. You don't seem alarmed. Would it help?
0: How did we do in there? Uh, Not too good.
1: Apparently you're not an American citizen. That's true. And according to your boss, you're not a Soviet citizen either. Well, the boss isn't always right, but he's always the boss. Do you never
0: worry? Would it help? (laughs) Great, right? right? You don't seem alarmed. Would it help? (laughs) Do you never worry? Would it help? And we know the answer to that, right? No, it won't help, right? We don't need Jesus to tell us that or a movie. Worry never helps. It makes us lose sleep at night, right? Worrying adds stress to our bodies. Worrying taxes our immune system. Worrying actually increases our risk of disease. It increases our risk of heart attack. It increases our risk of all kinds of illnesses. It doesn't increase or extend our lives. In fact, it does the exact opposite. It decreases and diminishes our lives. So why do we keep worrying? And the tougher question is, how do we not worry? When things spin out of our control, how do we not worry? Well, I think like in that clip, we have to trust that we have somebody that's working for us on our behalf. We have an advocate and we say to our advocate, well, are you any good at this? And God, our heavenly father looks back and he says, yeah, I'm I'm pretty good. And we look at him and we say, well, have you ever taken care of someone like me in a situation like this? And he says, no, no, actually, I haven't. You're pretty unique and your situation is pretty unique. But I am your all-powerful father who loves you. And if I can take care of the birds, then I can take care of you. Now, Jesus gives another analogy. Look at what he says. Why do you worry about the clo- your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire or the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So now I picture Jesus, he turns from the birds on one side and he just sort of He shows them the wildflowers on this Palestinian hillside on the other side. Maybe they're like the wildflowers we have here in Colorado. And he says, just look at these flowers. Look at the birds. Look at the flowers. And the word for look that he uses here doesn't mean just a passing glance. It means to carefully consider them. Look at them. Reflect on them. Learn from them. If God can feed the birds and if he can clothe the flowers, can you not trust him? to take care of you? And that's really the issue, isn't it? It's about trust or faith. That when we worry, we're not really trusting or believing that God is a good father who will take care of us. We might still believe he exists. We might trust him in other ways, but we have forgotten that he is actually a father and that we can trust him to take care of us. And so Jesus says, in the next verse, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them, right? God knows what you need. He, he actually sees what you're going through and what we're all going through right now. He knows our situations. And if, if we can't trust him with our needs, Jesus says, we're just like the pagans, Now, this word pagan um, often sounds really derogatory. It wouldn't have been derogatory back then. In Jesus' day, a pagan was just someone in Greco-Roman culture who worshipped the pagan gods or believed in the Greco-Roman gods. And the Greco-Roman gods were notoriously fickle. They were unpredictable. They didn't really care about humans. They were known to only care about themselves. And so Jesus is saying, that is not what God is like. But when you are consumed with fear and worry, that's how you're treating him. You're treating him as if he doesn't really care. That's what you're believing about him, that he's not going to take care of you, that you're on your own, which means your faith isn't really any different than a pagan's faith. I came across this quote this past week. Worry is practical atheism. It's practical atheism. It's not intellectual atheism because when we unnecessarily worry, we still believe God exists. But but worry is the result subconsciously believing that he's not really our father, that we're not his sons and daughters that he doesn't care for us, and that ultimately we are on our own. And if you're on your own, and if I'm on my own, then yeah, we've got a lot to worry about right now. But what if you and I and all of us, what if we could remind ourselves today, and this week, we're not on our own. We have a heavenly father who loves us and will take care of us. Now, um, that doesn't remove our responsibility for working hard, right? For putting food on the table, for being wise, for taking the right precautions during an, an epidemic. It doesn't remove our responsibility for trying to do a good job, for, for looking for a new job when we've lost one, for, for checking in on loved ones. It doesn't remove our responsibility for, for any of that. But trusting that God will take care of me removes the cancer of worry. It allows me to take every situation, every need, every desire to God, and to say, okay, God, I've done my part. I'm going to trust you with the rest. I'm going to trust you with the outcome. I've done my part, and now I'm expecting that you as a father who loves me will sort out my unhealthy desires and my legitimate needs. And because I'm trusting you with all of this, I don't have to worry about it anymore. A friend uh, this past week sent me a diagram that I think captures this really well, especially right now in light of the coronavirus fears. That we need to live in this tension of being prepared and ready. (laughs) That's doing our part, but also hopeful and expectant, trusting that God will do his part. And there's, <clears throat> there's two dangers here. <clears throat> if you only live in the right circle, right? The one on the right, that's not living in reality. That's not being responsible. I was talking to a friend this past week and she said her grandparents are doing this right now. Like they're just going out still. They're spending time with other people. They're not really taking any of the precautions that they should be taking. And they basically had this attitude. Well, God will just take care of us. That's not wise, right? That's not doing your part. that's not being prepared and ready Here's a meme that I saw that might be helpful for this. We need to love like Jesus, but wash your hands like Pontius Pilate <laughs> right? Love like Jesus, but wash your hands like but there are some important precautions and actions every one of us should be taking right now, but here's the other danger if we go back. Uh, To this, this, these two circles. The other danger is to live on the left, in the left circle only. Which is maybe the more subtle danger right now. Which is maybe the more subtle danger right now. It's maybe the more, the danger that's greater to our souls. It's to only focus on being prepared. It's to only focus on being ready. It's not really to trust that God will take care of us. It's not to be hopeful and expectant that he'll come in and he'll do his part. To live only in the left circle is to live in fear and worry. So the question is, where are you right now? Have you found that elusive sliver in the middle? Here's how Jesus uh, concludes his challenge to us. He says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So this is the key, right? You replace worry with seeking God first. You say to him, and I think this has to happen almost every morning, right? You wake up and you say, God, I need your perspective first today. Help me see your kingdom and understand your kingdom. And the word kingdom just means you are ruling and you are reigning and you are in control over everything. So help me see that first and then help me know your righteousness. And righteousness is not like a quality that you have to earn. Righteousness just means being in right relationship with God and in right relationship with other people. So, God, help me seek these things first. Help me seek your understanding and and being in right relationship with you and others. And then I'll be able to trust that you'll take care of all the other important stuff. And by the way, Jesus says, this isn't a one-time thing. You have to do this every day, right? This is a daily decision, a daily perspective, a daily realization that we do not control tomorrow. We are simply invited to trust today. So here's the question I want to leave you with. What anxiety or worry do you need to let go of right now? What specific anxiety is consuming you right now? And you need to figure out how to let go of it. Because that's what Lent is all about, isn't it? Letting go of those things that are weighing us down. And that doesn't mean you don't prepare And you don't get ready and you don't take precautions and you don't make responsible decisions. You do all of those things. And then when you've done those things, you trust God with the outcome. You put your hope in Him. However long this takes, God, however long this goes, however hard it gets, we're gonna keep hoping and expecting that as a good Father, you'll take care of us. So let me pray for all of us that we'll figure out how to begin doing that more and more this week in our lives. And then we'll sing one final song to sort of verbalize our desire to trust in him more. God, I pray for each one of us because we're all carrying different kinds of anxieties and worries right now. Um, And so I pray that you would help us um, not to just have the desire to let go of those. I think we all have that desire, but sometimes we just don't know how to do that. And so, help us this week to figure out how to seek you. And whether that means <clears throat> reading the Bible more, or praying more, or talking to someone about our worries, or, or connecting with friends more, or, or just finding ways to set things aside, God, give us the courage to pursue some very tangible practices that will help us seek you first and your perspective on all of this so that we can trust you as a father who loves us and cares for us. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. I Thanks for joining us today. Um, We're going to wrap up in just a second. Um, I'll close with a blessing, um, but I do want to share a few announcements and uh, just some kind of next steps. Um, On our website, we're going to put, we're going to post the video of this. We'll also post the podcast of this. And we always put together discussion questions for our D groups to go through. Um, So you can look for those um, here in the next couple of hours. Um, If you want to go deeper in thinking about uh, what, i talked about today um there's also lots of resources on our website at newdenver.org slash coronavirus i hope you'll check that out and we're going to add more to that in the coming days to offer more suggestions about how you can serve or things you can do during this unique season um, one thing you'll see on there when you take a look at it is we're going to launch a new online d group this wednesday night uh, if you're in a d group right now that's awesome hopefully you've taken your group online And uh, you'll keep meeting with them um, for a while because connecting with others, even in this limited way, is gonna be super helpful and super important over the coming weeks. Um, But we know a lot of people aren't in a kind of group right now, and so we're gonna start a new short-term group um, beginning this Wednesday night. It'll be on Zoom like this. It'll be different than this. It'll be more interactive. It'll be an actual group. Uh, Stephen's gonna lead that, and it's a great way to connect with others. There is no long-term commitment. Um, You have nothing to lose if you're not in a group right now by just logging on this Wednesday night and giving it a try. And uh, let's be honest, um, you don't have anything else planned this Wednesday night. You're not going anywhere, right? So uh, you might as well uh, check it out. The link will be um, at newdenver.org slash coronavirus. Um, You can find it there. Uh, Also, a couple more quick things. If you typically donate to New Denver Church in person on Sundays um, when we take up our offering, obviously we're not able to take up an offering right now. So we just want to encourage you to switch to doing that online. Uh, It's easy. It's secure. Most people in our church give online. That way you can connect your giving to your banking or checking account. um, And there's no charge for you to give a one-time gift or to set up a recurring uh, gift. So just go to our website and you can find more information about that there. Um, One more uh, important thing, Uh, the Snyders, Dan Snyder uh, and his family are moving to San Antonio in about a week and a half. Um, If you haven't heard the details about that, you can go on our website. There was a post that explained he's taken a job in San Antonio. Um, Britt's family lives there, and so they'll be moving there. Um, And we're all uh, super sad about that. So um, next Sunday... Uh, will be the last time that they're officially with us. And so during our online service next Sunday, um, we're going to celebrate them and thank them for all they have meant to New Denver. And we're going to pray for them specifically um, and send them to San Antonio. Um, so I hope you'll make it a priority to just join us next Sunday morning live uh, at 9 a.m. Um, to do that. Um, there is one more thing I thought of real quick. I uh, want to give you a quick update. Um, Jesse and Rachel Geiger, you can be praying for them. They are in Uganda right now, and they received word that they need to get out of Uganda and get back to the states. Um, the State Department said that um, uh, with everything going on in the world, you either need to come back now or potentially stay there for a long time and try to weather the virus storm there, which could be really bad. So they have decided to immediately try to evacuate Uganda. So they're gonna to try to fly back to the States, I think on Tuesday, and obviously that's difficult and challenging right now. Um, so be praying for, for Jesse and, and Rachel. Hey, Norton, if I could give a quick update on that. So uh, the president of Uganda closed the airport yesterday.
3: Uh, so they're going to be there for a while. So that oh. prayer request has changed a little bit. Um, and so they were not able to get out so we can pray for them um, that they would be able to weather through whatever that looks like. And I'll have more updates as they come. So,
0: okay. Yeah, that's, that's a bummer. Um, yeah. So we can definitely be praying for them and their family. All right. That's it for today. Uh, Let me offer this um, blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you this week, both outwardly in your bodies and inwardly in your souls, that you may be defended from all adversities and viruses which may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts and worries which may assault and hurt your soul. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us uh, this morning.